Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring 20s Podcast. Today, we have on with us Lacey Stace. She is a financial and physical wellness coach. We are so excited to get to talk to her. Thanks for being with us, Lacey. Thank you. It's really fun to see your guys' faces, too. Sometimes when you do this stuff, you know, it's like, recorded and it's just your voices but I love this because I get to look at your faces when you're talking so it's like real it's like real deal it's super cute I'm so excited to be here thank you Julia of course yeah and Brenda and I are big smile and nod people we like (laughs) we really have perfected the smile and nod we we mean it but we are active we are active listeners we are I uh I sit with all my clients on zoom all my financial clients. And so I'm the same way. My, my mentor and I, she's phenomenal. I'll talk about her a little bit as we go through the financial stuff, but she's always like, just sit there and look pretty lacy. It's what you do best. I'm like, Got it. <laughs> I'm I'm so, smile I'm and so, nod. I'm smile and nod. Exactly. exactly. Everyone yeah. loves an active listener. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I feel like, validated. So, I talk with my hands. I'm for it. (laughs) We're all in the right place. Yeah. Anyway, Lizzie, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, and how old you are, if you don't mind saying. Okay. Yeah, of course. No, I just had a birthday, so I'm all about talking about it. It was all over Instagram, so I can't can't hide it now. Yeah, Lacey Stace, that is not my given name. My given name is Lacey Literal, and I think we'll talk a little bit maybe about marriage later on, but I was born in Southern Ohio, but I was raised, my parents split up when I was younger, so I was raised part-time there, part-time in Columbus, but I grew up here. I went to Ohio State. I actually studied art, so I studied photography in college. I did not study financial services. Um, it became a passion of mine later on in life. But yeah, I I'm like a self-proclaimed hype woman, which is why I love that we're talking, you know, about the stuff that we're talking about because I'm all for. I have a big coach's heart. Oh, hold on one second. So sorry. Hey Alexa, stop. <laughs> wow, Alexa, cut it out. out. Well, That's hilarious. Started playing my. I was like hyping my. Okay, I don't know. I have to tell you guys. I was like yeah. hyping myself up. This is what I do. I like dance in my underwear. And so it. that's what I was doing in my kitchen. Oh, I love it. Before we hopped on here. And so for some reason, my Alexa thought it was time to hype me back up, but we're good. Um, we can have a dance yeah. party at the end of the show. We're here for it. Yeah, dance party at the end of the show. I'm for it. I'm a terrible dancer, but I love to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, so I grew up here in, Col- in Columbus, Ohio, and then uh, I went to Ohio State and I studied art. I am 32 years old, so I'm a seasoned veteran now at this point in my 30s. I have people that are like, welcome to your 30s. I'm like, I've been here a while. We're good. Yeah. Um, I just, my big thing is I love your, I, I just love the whole concept behind your guys' podcast because my big thing is like empowerment, women empowerment, female empowerment when it comes to your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, all of that stuff, your financial health now. So I don't know, I have a 22 year old sister. So this is a big deal for me. I'm excited to talk to you guys and kind of like the, your 22 year old fan base. I was thinking about this the other day because yeah. my sister and I, so we're like 10 years apart in age. 
So I had my birthday, not this past Friday, but the one before. And she was with me and uh, I was just like, oh man, to be 22, like we were in, we were in France together. And I'm like, just seeing a foreign country through her eyes versus my eyes was just mm. really funny. So it, it just kind of like enlightening. And I sort of feel like her mom a little bit because I helped raise her. So yeah, so I, I guess I'm a bleeding heart for your generation as well, because <laughs> I have a loved one. So yeah. No, that, that's all of it. So, so awesome. And we feel that for me, if you guys don't follow Lacey on Instagram, you'll, you should, um, you'll see all the things that she posts. She really, really, it's just like this energy that encourages you, empowers you to want to show up for you and really, really step into this like up-leveled version of yourself. And really, of course, accept and appreciate and respect where you're at right now, but also like be willing to put in the work to really, really get to where it is that you want to go. So it's so powerful. Um, and also one of the things Lacey that we love about our show and the people we get to connect with is they give us so many tangible tools that we can implement in our twenties that only make our life better. Right. Like, I feel like there's this yeah. stigma that like, once you get to your thirties or once you age, like, like all these different things, like, Oh, that your life is over or you, you know, the, all these regrets, but like yeah. the people we've gotten a chance to connect with have only made us more and more excited about our futures yeah. because they've given us so many tools on which things we can control now and which things we can like take care of, whether it's related to our mental health, our physical health, our financial health, mm -hmm. um, so many different things. So you told us a little bit about your background, but what, since you've incorporated finances and being a financial coach a little bit more recently, how, how did that kind of come into your life and how do you step into that now? It's a funny story. <laughs> so my, my caller, my mentor, but she's my business partner as well. We, we run a business together and if, if anyone ever becomes a client of ours, they would see how that dynamic works, but she's also like my best friend now. She's also in her thirties. She's a little bit older than me, just a couple of years, but she's been doing a little bit longer than I have. So that's why I call her my mentor. She's still teaching me how to be as good at it as she is, but yeah, she legit slid into my DMS and cold market recruited me to be in business with her. She was like the way, so we're, um, I'm technically a non-captive broker. So that means that I get to work with 200 of the top financial institutions in the nation. And so you can kind of think of me as like Amazon for financial services, whatever you want to do with your financial future, you type it in and then I offer it to you based on what your goals are. So it's really cool. Yeah. It's very customizable when it comes to your financial goals, basically. But yeah, she, Brittany is her name, uh, Brittany Mazarow. And she slid down into my DMs and I was at a point in my life where I was not saying no to any opportunities. It was a, a weird place in terms of my like emotional health and my career wise, I was kind of in a place where I wasn't really working a job that turned out to be what I thought it was going to be. And so I felt a little bit held back in terms of my skills and my abilities, which happens to just be that I'm an exceptional people person. <laughs> like you could be a people person and then you could really be a people person. And that's me. I was like a whole new level. And so, um, I just love to see people win no matter what it is like legit. I'll, I'll slow clap for anything. Yeah. So so Brittany, Brittany sent me a DM and uh, I was like, you know what, whatever, man, like I have nothing to lose right now. And uh, I think we'll talk about that a little bit later on going depth on that. But uh, I said, yes. And so we talked a little bit about what being a financial, we call financial services professional, not a financial advisor. And the reason for that is a CPA is technically called a financial advisor and I'm not a CPA. 
So what I do is I'm a broker. So I offer a lot of different services. So I can do old rollovers from old jobs, old 401ks. I can help you invest privately into new stuff. We do life insurance. I just did a will um, and a trust for my mom. So we do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So um, yeah. So we, we, I mean, financial coach is a great term for it because a lot of times we just sit with clients and we're like, what are your saving habits like? What are your investing habits like? What are your spending habits like? And this is what you suck at doing. And this is what we want to encourage you to do better. We're pretty honest about it, but yeah, I just, it was something that I was lacking in my own life. And so it was really interesting. I actually became a client of Brittany's first. And then she was like, look, I don't know if actually, I think the the message she sent me was you look, you seem dedicated probably because of the fitness stuff. And you also seem like a good time. And at the top of my Instagram feed at the time was my butt tattoo of the lips, lip print on my butt cheek. <laughs> Yes. And so she was like, I'm a little confused by you because you seem like you have it together, but also you have an ass tat. So like, I'm, and I was like, well, you're right. I am very dedicated to the things I'm passionate about, but I am also the kind of person that will go get lips tattooed on my ass. So here we are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, her and I just ended up hitting it off. We are uh, very, very simpatico. We work with clients and she's very nerdy and very structured and I'm very the opposite end. I do all the client relations kinds of things. Um, and so it ended up just being a really great partnership. And, um, she was like, look, I don't know if you want, it turned out it was supposed to be a side hustle. And then, uh, I got fired from my full-time job and it became my full-time career. Um, so yeah, so it was just kind of like a weird whirlwind. I like fell into it in a cold market DM, which if anybody listening, does something like that where you have to cold market recruit or warm market recruit or whatever, hit up anybody. It doesn't matter. I don't care. As long as you're doing it from the depth of your heart with genuine intention, do it because you never know who you're going to end up with as like, Brittany's like my person. We call each other our person, you know, oh. the like Grace Anatomy thing. Yeah. <laughs> She's my person. Um, but no, she became my best friend and uh, we've made a lot of money together. So that doesn't suck either. So. <laughs> Amazing. I love yeah. I love that story. And I'm so glad you shared it because I think also this thing in your 20s of people feel like they really have to have it all figured out and no. know the career that they're going to be doing. But like, you do mm-hmm. not know what life is going to throw mm-hmm. at you. And like, who mm-hmm. I'm sure when you were 20, you did not think that someone's going to slide into my DMs and that's going to create this incredible no. like career for me. I wish it would have happened in my 20s because I'd be a lot, I'd be rich right now if it did, yeah. but <laughs> hey, you're so young. So I'll be reaping that benefit in my 40s. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, in college, I was focused on art and um, I really didn't really want to be like, a, I studied fine art. I didn't really want to be a fine artist by standards or by like industry terms. Um, I really wanted to work in teaching and in the museum circuit, doing curation and stuff like that. So I was always more interested in the business side and the education side of art. It's just that um, I didn't really know what to do with it. Like most 20 year olds don't know what the hell they're doing when they're studying, unless you have a really specific track, right? Unless you're going to med school or business school or whatever it is, and you know exactly what you want to study or what you want to do. And so, no, I had no idea. And I was, I'm like, from my parents, I'm the only person in my family out of my, I have, um, well, two of my siblings are really young, but I have three siblings that are old, two that are older than me. And then one that's younger than me, the 22 year old. And I'm, and out of all of my family, it's a shit show. Out of all of them, (laughs) my mom was remarried. 
Uh, my mom was married and divorced twice. And then my stepdad got remarried. My dad got remarried. So I have lots of parents, lots of siblings. I'm the only person to go to college and graduate. And so nobody had any advice to give me because yeah. they had never been through it before. Yeah. Mom, my mom didn't even go to school. Well, she got her real estate, she got her real estate appraiser's license. So she did, and she did that as a single mom. So I give her a lot of props for that. Yeah. My dad didn't go to college. My stepmom didn't go to college. My stepdad didn't go to college. None of my siblings did. And so nobody had any advice to offer me. So I just kind of did I've always been a decision maker on my own like make my own decisions nobody can tell me what to do it's decision maker mm -hmm. and uh so I just did whatever at the times felt right to me and um I wish I would have done things a little bit different but also I'm a firm believer that when things don't happen the way that you plan them or the way that you expect them to that means that something better is coming for you it's never like uh losing something or some, an opportunity changing is never like a, oh you didn't get what you wanted or what you deserved it's that something better is coming so it ended up working out in the long run and I still yep. shoot photography for friends and I would love to go back to school and get my master's but it would probably be a while from now and I don't even know what I would do with it. So it's changed my perspective basically on the whole, you know, figuring out what you want to do and having your shit together. I know so many people, nobody, mm -hmm. if somebody tells you they have it together, they're lying to you. I don't care. They could have, look at all the celebrities that have all the things in the world and they literally have their, their shit is falling apart. Yeah. Like you can never have it all together. I promise. A hundred percent. I think and it's <laughs> just such a yeah. great, great example of it. So I, I love it, but to move a little bit into the financial part yeah, of sure. things, um, you actually, this is very good timing because just a few hours ago, I was feeling like very frustrated at how financially illiterate I am. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I'm so happy to admit that. Um, and I'm, I was angry about it because it's like, well, because I need to like open an S corp and it's like this whole thing and mm -hmm. with taxes that I don't fucking understand. And yes. I was angry because yeah. I was like, I paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to a very prestigious private college and yeah. study, you know, in a number one conservatory for what I went to school for. Why did they not teach me this? Isn't it because crazy? Because I need this for my career. Like, I, yes, I needed the other things that I did learn, but I also need this. And so I was, you know, obviously I need to take ownership of that and now teach myself. But like I, in the moment I was very angry. I was like, I went to school. I went to a prestigious private college. Like, why did I not mm -hmm. learn this? Why was I not taught this? So for other women in their twenties that are feeling as financially illiterate as I am currently, <laughs> Where would you tell them to start? How can mm -hmm. we start to become financially literate? Um, and like, please point me in some sort of direction. Yeah. So it's crazy, right? Because I think I did this math and I was going to, now that you said that, I'm glad that you said that because I was going to post about this on my Instagram and then I never did. There was like all these, all these thoughts happen all the time, all day long. Like Brittany makes fun of me because I literally talk to myself out loud all day long. Like we'll be FaceTiming and she's like, are you talking to me? I'm like, no, I'm talking to myself. I Legit, constant. But I had this thought yeah. about, I went to Catholic schools growing up. Um, and so I think, and then I went to Ohio State, which is a, a public university, but it's still expensive because it's like the top to public university in the nation or something like that, or it was at the time when I went there. So I think, you know, I have uh, at least $100,000 between all of my education um, invested into teaching me stuff and all the things. 
And half of, half of what I learned from high school and even from college, I don't even remember. And so it's crazy to me to think like, basically the one thing that if you went to college and you got an education, they teach you is how to take out student loans. <laughs> student loans. They make you very aware of what that financial situation looks mm-hmm. like and the detriment of you not paying it back. But they don't teach you how to be financially well otherwise, like creating a budget, interest rates, compound interest, what that looks like investing. Like, and now it's a lot more accessible too, right? Because you literally have apps where you can invest money or like I have an Acorns account where every time I use my debit card, it rounds up to the nearest dollar. And I think I have like $5,000 just sitting randomly from roundups on me using my debit card. And I don't, I'm not, so I don't play in the stock market a lot. I play safely. So like that account, I basically have like a little, it's called an EFT and it's like a little slight little, there's literally a bar, you slide it back and forth and it tells you how aggressive you want to be. That's as much as I do in that part. The thing that I love to educate people on is more like when you should invest your money, where you should invest it when it comes to safe investing, what um, compound interest does for your life, things like that. So I do have a list of things that I want. I did write down a list because I want to talk about these specific things and make sure that we are talking about them. But yeah, um, so there's a lot of things like I think you guys, well, let's do this. We have, there was a question kind of on our prompt list that said, what are like the top five things? I want to go through these things. So we're going to start here. Escorts, I don't know much about because I don't. Have we one. don't. We don't have to get into that. I'm, okay, good. I, I, it was more of like, <laughs> oh, why don't I understand even yeah. at all how yeah. to do any of this or taxes right. or like it's where really, how can really I get educated? Absolutely, it's really frustrating. And so the thing that I love to do, and I'll do, you know, the shameless plug just for myself, is that the thing that I love the most about what Brittany and I do in terms of um, financial education is that our services are free, completely free to anybody that works with us. The only time we get paid is when, if you decide to become our client and invest your money, the company that we invest it with, that we decide is best for your goals, pays us out of their fat pockets. So you don't ever have to pay us a dime to ever manage your money or anything like that. So I think that that's super cool because a lot of times I think people want a financial advisor, they want a financial professional, but it costs money monthly. And they're like, well, I'm already hemorrhaging money in other areas. I'm trying to figure out where to put it, how to make it grow, not spend more of it. So just know that there are people out there that do this for free when it comes to financial education. And we tell people this all the time. I wish, like, I think I said this earlier already. I wish I would have known what I know now, me being in business and investing the way that I do. If I would have known this 10 years ago, I'd have so much more money. Literally every day you don't invest your money or learn about why investing is important, you're losing money. Um, especially now, inflation, the inflation rate is like 5%. So on the dollar every day, you're losing money. So we don't talk about all that, but just know that it's scary. <laughs> it's scary and it gets out of control. So learning it sooner rather than later is important, even if it seems really terrifying. Um, there are people out there like me that will not judge you for your decisions or how much credit card debt you have or how much you don't know about finances, we'll figure it out. But yeah, so here's five things. The first thing is if you have a credit card, you need to pay it off monthly and you need to carry no more than 25% of your balance for more than 28 days. This will tank your credit score. And if eventually you want to buy a house or buy a car or buy anything that requires you to have a good credit score, credit cards will be the death of you if you are not making sure that they're managed appropriately. So that's super important. 
if you're going to have a credit card, get something that pays you back, like travel miles, if you travel for work, cash back rewards, gas rewards, anything like that, do your due diligence. Um, it depends on what area of the country you live in and what's accessible to you. So Google it um, is the best way. There's everything is on Google. But yeah, I mean, making sure that you're not using credit cards to frivolously spend, like buying your groceries or buying your gas and then paying it off in the month is the best thing you can do for your credit. I, let's see, my car, I just paid my car off. My car is six years old. And when I bought it, I was married and I couldn't even, or at least it, I couldn't even lease it on my own because I had no credit. Like he, my ex-husband had to co-sign with me because I was like, I never had a credit card. I had, you know, my bank account, I had a savings account and a, and a uh, checking account. And I paid my bills out of my checking account and I never opened a credit card. And they were like, you don't have any credit. I'm like, what do you mean? I pay my bill. And they're like, no, that's not how it works. Nope. <laughs> so yeah. A credit card can be helpful to you to help you build your credit, but you have to be very careful with it. It's slippery slope. Okay. Making a budget is super important. Even if it seems like you already know when you sit down and do your budget that you spend too much money at Target or too much money going out, it doesn't matter. You need to know how much money you're spending. Money in, money out. You need to have a balance for it. So um, pay. these are the rules for making a budget. You need to pay your debt. So if you have student loans, you have, if you have things that have high interest rates, you need to pay them first because the longer they sit unpaid, the higher that principal interest gets. And we could talk about compound. I could talk about compound interest with you guys for an hour and why it's good and bad, but we're not going to do that. So pay your debt, pay your bills, make sure that your lights stay on and you have running water, pay yourself, which means investing for your future. So, so no matter, even if it's $50 a month or whatever it is, Paying yourself is super important because if you're just pushing all your money out toward your bills and things like that, and then, so this is what a lot of people do. They pay their bills and then they spend the rest, right? So like, you're like, okay, here's what I need to pay to keep my lights on, my car, all this stuff. And they don't ever think about investing their money into a space where it will grow. Think about investing like being in three places at once, right? If you could work three jobs and be at all three of those jobs at the same time for 12 hours each you would make triple the amount of money, right? Well, that's what investing does for your money. So if you work one job and you put it in a savings account and you never invest it, all you have is the amount of time that you've been given to work in that shift in the amount of dollars that they say that you're worth per hour. So if you invest a portion of that money and let's say it grows at like an 8% interest rate, you've then doubled or you've then raised your income. You gave yourself an 8% raise basically by just investing it. And then it's like being at two jobs at one time. So paying yourself is super important. I knew nothing about that. I had no retirement. I always worked for small companies that didn't even offer it. Never had a 401k. Didn't even know what the rules of a 401k were, except that, you know, if you take it out before the age that they say you're allowed to, you pay a penalty. That's all I knew. Um, because I think my mom did that one time or something. So forever ago, I was like, I remember her bitching about that. And I was like, I don't know what that means. They're all poor. Okay. Anyway. So making sure that you're paying yourself, investing your money, um, and, and putting it there. It's super important. Even if it costs you, you know, having to sacrifice something else, it's worth it in the long run. And then saving for emergencies, an emergency fund is super important. And I always put investing before saving for an emergency, which sounds counterproductive because if you have an emergency and you haven't saved for it, you don't have any money for it, but it goes back to if you can have, so someone, someone told me this once, instead of worrying about dumping all of your money into paying your debt right up front, if you could do something, if you could, it was, it's kind of like getting like a side job or something. Let's say you could 
start a side hustle, do something like that, that makes you more money than what you owe, you can pay it off more quickly in the long run, right? Because you have more funds coming in. So I always put investing before saving, because let's say you have the rest of your life to pay off your student loans. If you're at least paying the principal interest down and keeping it from growing, let's say that you are investing and working a side hustle and making more money for your time, right? So you're maximizing your time. 15 years from now, let's say you made a million dollars while you were side hustling. You could pay off your loans times 10. So it's really important to make sure that your money is growing for you when you don't have anything to do with it, putting it somewhere and letting it grow without having to kill yourself with three jobs like I did in college. I was like 8 a.m. to like 1 a.m. No, that makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah, school, work, work, work. And then I would wake up broke the next day anyway. And so it's like making sure that your money is growing and working for you. And it doesn't have to be anything super serious. You don't have to hire, you know, a day trader. Actually, I would say, don't do that. Don't hire a dude that's going to take your money and try to invest it for you. Find someone that you trust that will help you figure out the rules of money. Okay. Pay yourself, save for emergencies because it is important. Eventually your car will break down and you will need money to pay for it. If you don't have money saved for an emergency, then you go back to number one, which is your debt and you add more to it, right? You accumulate more debt. If you don't have an emergency fund, then you pull out your credit cards. So if you can't afford to pay for it out of your emergency fund, you should not be putting it on your credit card. Um, and then spend the rest. If there's $0 left, you are not spending anything then. That's the way that it works. Making sure that your budget maxes you out at zero. It's great if you have money left over. That means that you're doing a really good job making more than you spend, which is really important. A lot of times we sit with clients and we sit down and do their budget right in front of them. They want to invest and they're negative. And we're like, look, the issue is now that your budget needs to change. All of these numbers that we just looked at, your miscellaneous, you know, we always have like a miscellaneous column. And we're like, what is the miscellaneous? What are you pouring this money into? What is this $300 a month going toward? Can you chop that down to 200 a month and invest or save a hundred instead? And so it's really important to know that your budget's not to like make you feel bad about yourself and about your spending. It's to help you realize where's your money going. And then how do you make that budget work into your lifestyle instead of vice versa? Like don't fit your lifestyle into the budget, like change, change, right? Like don't make sure you're not like, okay, well, yeah, I have like $400 left over to spend. So that's like 200 I could spend this weekend going out. Like, no, change your habits, (laughs) change your habits. We're not spending 300 bucks at Target just because we have it. I'm guilty Mm -hmm. of that. So I'm calling myself out, right? So yes. Okay. So that's making a budget. We'll move on. If you're in your 20s. So I bought a house when I was in my 20s. How old was I? Gosh, that was four years ago. So I was 28 when I bought my first house. I had no idea what a loan was, what a mortgage looked like. I'm not saying that you need to know the ins and outs of it, but I am saying that I was completely illiterate when it came to what that even meant, like what a mortgage was, what a home loan was. So if on your list is to buy a, buy a house, buy a condo, buy an investment property, you need to make sure that you're looking into what's an FHA loan, Uh, What's a traditional loan? What are the rules of them? What does my credit score need to be? My debt to income ratio, things like that. Because we got into it and like, we have the money to buy a house. We look like shit on paper because our debt to income ratio was really high. We had student loans. We had car payments. I had an unpaid medical bill. 
random stuff that you don't think that will negatively affect your ability to buy a home, which means that you're then trapped in renting instead of investing into real estate. So knowing what the ins and outs of a loan are, even if you don't have to use it for 10 more years, I think is super valuable because one day you will want to buy a house and then a realtor will tell you or an underwriter will tell you uh, you don't qualify to buy a home and you'll have fallen in love with this home and it'll get ripped out from under you. That happened to me. So making sure that you know what a loan is like and then having multiple streams of income, super important. I had, like I said, I had multiple jobs, but I think that the really important thing is making sure that you have, let's say you have one job that's your nine to five or your whatever it is. It's something you studied a career or a skill or something like that. And that's your job that you make most of your income maximizing on other skills that you have. So like I'm a financial professional as like my mainstream of income. I coach, let's see, three, four, five. I coach 20 hours of CrossFit a week. That's another stream of income. And then I typically have like three or four photo shoots a month. And that's another stream of income, but those things are very minimal time. So like that 20 hours that I get CrossFit coaching, I get paid for that and I get a free gym membership. So it's paying me back too. The photography, that's something I can do from home and I can spread it out over a certain amount of time. So like my photo session is one hour. I get to set my own price, which means I set my own value. Someone, a boss isn't telling me how much I'm worth per hour. I get to choose how much I'm worth, right? That's super important. Trading your freedom and your time for an income is something that you need to get away from, especially if you're talking side hustle seriousness. Like you don't have to, so for example, the, uh, the financial services, I had no idea what I was doing when I started There's a licensing process and education process. Brittany's my mentor. I sit with her on client appointments. I sat with her on probably 20 hours of client appointments that I never got paid for because I was learning. And so I was learning a new skill and developing a new skill while I was still getting paid from another job. And then when I got fired from that job, I then knew what I was doing, my new skill. And I was able to start training my time for effectiveness. Honestly, is the big thing, having a, having a stream of income that pays you to be effective instead of pays you to dump time into it is really important. Um, it will pay you far more in the long run than, you know, like a lot of people will be like, oh, I Uber, like I DoorDash, which I don't have anything against that if that's what you're willing to put your time and effort into. But like you're depreciating the value of your vehicle. There's Uber's taking a chunk of that. And so is DoorDash. They're paying you pennies to do it, to drive. Why not invest your time into a new skill that's yeah. going to pay you? Mm-hmm. I sit with some clients for two hours and I'll get paid $2,300 for two hours to sit with them. Crazy. Yeah. Some clients I get paid 500 bucks for two hours. Some clients I get paid 300 bucks for two hours. It depends on what they invest, but having a skill that pays you to be effective instead of pouring time into it, super important. And then the last one is you investing in yourself. So if your mental health, your physical health and your emotional health are all in the toilet, uh, investing is not going to doing whatever you want to do with your money. Gosh, puppy. Oh, she likes to be a part of the podcast. I love it. So, oh, look at her face. Oh my God, I'm dead. Oh, my Sorry, gosh, I'm dead. Keep going. No, I love it so much. Oh, I'm obsessed with dogs. I'm literally the person that lays on the floor at parties and plays with dogs. Like, that's me. Um, but yeah, investing in yourself is always the best thing you can do. So I know a lot of people are like, you know, it's too expensive. Gym membership's too expensive or I don't have it in my budget to invest or 
you know, I eat out instead of grocery shop, or I don't want to pay for therapy because it's really expensive or whatever it is. If something is holding you back when it comes to your mental, physical, or emotional health, it's keeping you from moving forward. And it's blocking your energy that you can pour out. Then you're never going to move forward ever. Yep. So you have to find a way in whatever it is that's blocking you from moving forward to invest your time and your money into it because in the long run, it will pay you back. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. I can't even like begin to emphasize, like I'm like overwhelmed in the best way. <laughs> All the tips and tools that you shared. I just think it's, it's so important. Like, again, there are so mm-hmm. many things that I'm like, oh damn, like that. It's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just know so many people are going to benefit from hearing this and I'm sure we'll be, you know, drawn to want to even work with you, especially sure. about <laughs> how your process works. <laughs> um, but just to have it broken down like that even yeah. too is like, yeah. okay, okay, I can, this is one thing I can go and I can look into that. Like I can sort yes. of take agency for myself for that stuff. Yeah. Like sometimes it feels just like so overwhelming. You're like, where do we even start? Like, have it like broken down like that, I think was awesome. So thank you for doing that, Lacey. That's like yeah, sure. so effective yeah. and so helpful. It is. And I think something that a lot of people really stress about um, in general, when it comes to budgeting or like taking control of their financial wellness or like any of those things is that they're never going to be able to enjoy their life, that they think yes. that that means they're going to have to like stay stuck and not do mm-hmm. anything. And obviously life is meant to be enjoyed depending on what our definition of joy is. So yeah. you have more recently, you know, you've truly up-leveled your financial <laughs> like knowledge and also the way that you execute all this stuff and you just traveled to Europe. So I feel mm-hmm. like you are this like prime example of being able to do both and exist. In yeah. So how were you able to navigate this? Like, what would you say to someone worried that budgeting means, you know, they can't enjoy their life? Yeah, this is a good topic, especially if we're talking about, you know, someone in their 20s, because I stayed broke for a long time in my 20s um, and it, it, through my marriage too. Like um, I was a personal trainer for a long time. It's very hard to be a personal trainer. You have to work a lot of hours to make a lot of money. And I wasn't willing to sacrifice my entire life to do it. Um, had I known a little bit more about what investing did for my money, um, what a budget did for not just my income, but also my ex-husband's income, how that would help our household, things like that. Um, I probably would have helped me not get us out of the hole that we felt like we were in, but it would have helped a little bit. Um, but the, yeah, the Europe trip was a, I sold my home and I told myself that if I'm making this sacrifice, it's going to bring me some joy. Like if I'm literally giving up this life that I knew before, um, I fell in love with that house. I poured so much blood, sweat, and tears, um, into that house. And when we put it on the market and I had to clear it out and list it, it was heartbreaking. And so I was like, if I'm going to get a paycheck from this, I'm going to spend it on something that makes me feel joy. (laughs) So to be fair, the Paris trip was not like a, Oh, I had like a really great month. And I made like $10,000 and I spent it on a trip. Like I'm not that kind of person anyway. Um, but I did, I did tell myself that the sacrifice was going to reward me in some way, shape or form. So, you know, with the process of selling our house started like November of last year, we sold it in May. So it was like this painstaking, very long. I moved out. He moved back in. We did a ton of work to the house. I spent hours, countless hours there cleaning it, prepping it, all that stuff, listing it, the arduous part of selling it and all that stuff. Like it was just a, I mean, it was like a seven month long process from start to finish. Yeah. Until, you know, and then it's literally like the money is in your bank account in 12 hours. Holy shit. This is great. (laughs) I just spent seven months killing myself. Yeah. But I told my mom, I was like, look, and I don't know. Um, 
I'll just a snippet of this, but in 2018, I got accepted to study for my master's at Paris College of Art in France. So that was kind of like my dream. I wanted to go do that. Um, this is a whole, I can talk about all this shit for forever too, but my ex-husband backed out and so we didn't go. And so that was kind of like a lost dream for me. So when we went through the sacrifice of selling the home, we decided to get divorced, stuff like that. I was like, the money is not going to just sit in my account. I'm not going to just invest it because that's what I say I'm going to do with it. I'm going to spend a little bit on it. I'm going to spend a little bit of it on me, um, but not without paying the other stuff that I wanted to do first. Mm -hmm. So I invested into my business. I invested into my investment accounts. I made sure that the money that I was spending was going somewhere that was, you know, and I still have a huge emergency fund from it, which is amazing. Like that's, that's the benefit of buying real estate, investing in real estate and selling it too. Um, real estate is a big part of what I tell people to do with their diversified portfolios. Um, and that's why I say knowing what a home loan is like and how that works is super important. Um, but yeah, so we got paid back on our investment, which was amazing. And then I bought a ton of write-offs for my business. I got the new iPad, a new iPhone, new, all that stuff. And I'm like, I can write this off. I'm like, taxes, this is good. Like I'm spending money, but I'm writing it off, learning. Um, but yeah, I told my mom, I was like, Hey mom, I really want to go to Paris for my birthday. So my mom, my little sister went with me and we had never been on a trip together ever. Just the three of us. My mom hasn't been on an airplane in 25 years. My sister's never been out of the country. So it was like a big, it was like a big deal um, to do it. And so it wasn't like a decision that was lightly just like, oh, I always wanted to, you know, go to Paris and drink champagne under the Eiffel Tower. It was like a lifelong dream. And so I think that's a testament to, to hard work and sacrifice when it comes to your finances. You are allowed to spend a little bit on you, but I think the really important part too that you think about is that if you are budgeting and you're in your twenties and you're trying to figure out, you know, how do I, but I mean, people that budget and they're talking about, you know, I'm trying to make sure I don't overspend and this and that they're being financially smart to begin with having a budget and, and sticking to a budget is very financially smart, but you are doing the work now that's going to pay you back in the long run. So like all the effort that we put into selling the house and stuff paid me back in the long run. It wasn't an instantaneous thing. And so like, I always like to say that you're like front loading your effort so you can back load your joy because, you know, you may not be able to travel to Paris right now. It may not be in the budget in your twenties, but you might be able to buy a house there in your fifties. If you stick to your budget and you invest into yourself financially and become more financially well, like in thinking about your money and your investment and your strategies and what you're doing in your life, like right now, like you guys with the podcast, like starting the podcast, like, what is this going to look like? What if you stick with it five, 10 years from now? Like, what does this do? You know what I mean? Like thinking about it as a long-term investment, you know, your budget is not a way to hold you down and hold you back from having an exciting life. It's a way for you to know that like you're front loading your effort and you're back loading the excitement of your life. You may have to wait a little bit longer to see it pay off. The budget doesn't end at the end of the month and begin at the beginning of the month. It's a long-term process of learning how to invest into yourself and where you're putting your money. Like, I wish I would have learned all of this stuff 10, 15 years ago. Like, I wish my parents would have invested for me when I was like a teenager or even younger. I'm doing investment portfolios for some of my friends, like babies right now, like two-year-olds are investing for them. Some of these kids will have like $50,000 when they're 23 years old, or they're going to be millionaire, multi-millionaires when they retire, if they continue to invest into it over time. So it's like, 
learning that, you know, shelling out investing or saving or whatever it is, however your budget shakes out, putting it into something that's going to pay you back in the long run is going to be so much more worth it than being like, oh, I just don't have any extra money this month to go to Florida, which I know is great. You know, sometimes you just want to take a vacation, right? But, but it's like in the long run, you know, how do you, how do you make sure that, that the budget isn't, is it melting your mentality basically, right? For sure. Yeah. Making sure that you and your budget are on the same page when it comes to your mentality, that like the budget isn't a bad thing, keeping you, holding you back from having fun, right? It's a budget is creating a habit for you, like a daily habit that's going to play forward in your life when, instead of when you're making, you know, $2,000 a month, what about when you're making $10,000 a month? What is a budget going to do for your financial success and your wellness later on in life for your future family, for your kids having you, can you like, I look at my mom, I love my mom to death, but she's 57 and she's not anywhere near retiring. I want to be laying on beach somewhere (laughs) at 57 not yeah. worried about working a damn day in my life. Yeah. So like, but that's where, you know, the budgeting comes into play, making sure that I don't overspend and then I'm not frivolous, you know, with my money and making sure that I'm smart with it. Totally. Oh my gosh. All such incredible things. <laughs> and seriously, it's just, it's not stuff that we like think about in the day to day. And it's stuff that literally impacts oh. us every single day. So it's, it's stressful to think about it. And also yeah. like, I know you're like, oh, if I just don't think about it, it's not a problem. I know. Right? It's like right. you really almost pretend as if like, oh, whatever, you know, if I don't get the energy now guilty. or eventually, guilty. I'm so guilty. Now I'm, I have all these thoughts running through my head, but because I know that you have so much to share with us and of course we're running out of time. So I just want to make sure we chance to touch on this, but yeah. thank you. Thank you for all of the yeah, sure. amazing and inspiring yeah. to make you want to do it. Like, yeah, yeah. it changes the mindset of like, Oh, like I'm budgeting, blah, blah, blah. Like it makes yeah. it like, oh, I'm investing in myself. And I'm like, so yeah, like totally. absolutely. I love that. And not only just investing in yourself, but I think like looking at it in a lens of also for you, Lacey, like to, to hear that, like there were points in your life where like you were broke in your words, Dude. like, and so many where you are right now. Like it's really inspiring because I think a lot of people feel so much shame around their financial yeah. situation, whether it is because yep. maybe they don't have a financially stable job or a job at all. Yeah. Or whether maybe they are frivolous with their spending mm-hmm. because they they don't know otherwise. Yeah. So um on a different vein, you've mentioned before to just like kind of throw all these questions on in one in one shot that sure. you were in a rock bottom type of place not too too mm-hmm. long ago. Um yeah. so what was kind of that turning point for you that made you realize something had to change? And if you don't mm-hmm. mind touching a little bit on uh the shifting of your past relationship, just because I think so many people in their 20s are afraid of ending up quote unquote alone. Yeah. Um, and then also just like admitting to themselves that some sort of transition needs to happen in their lives, um, out of maybe fear of what others would think or out of, you know, all the different reasons that could come yeah. up. So if you could share like some of your biggest takeaways with soul search yeah. and all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. So I, uh, I mean, the, there was like a lot of turning point in my marriage. We were together for 10 years and we were married for seven. So we were together for a long time. We got together when I was very young and I, I didn't have a good example of what a successful relationship or marriage looked like. So I didn't know how to mimic that or what that was supposed to be like. And people don't tell you in your twenties, what you should be looking for when you're talking about getting married. They're just like, Oh, you guys are so cute together. You should totally get married. You've been dating like three years, like whatever you have money to buy a ring. It's great. No, 
if he is not perfect for you, kick his ass to the curb. I'm telling you right now, because you will spend 10 years of your life. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to shit all over my ex-husband because he is a very nice guy. He was just not the right guy for me. So there was a, there were, there was literally a, a pivotal moment in my life where I had had thoughts for a very long time of like, I'm unhappy. This isn't working. We can't communicate things like that just in terms of the marriage. But this was also then flooding into my life too. So like we didn't go to Paris. I had already given up my job. And so then I had to find a new job right away, took a job that I hated. And then I left that job to go to another job that I thought I was going to love and didn't love it. And so it was like this cycle of, I was like, I'm unhappy at home. I'm unhappy in my marriage. I was eating too much and drinking too much. So my physical health was in the toilet too. And it was just like this whole cycle of like, disappointment basically I was like what the hell are you doing like you know who you are you're letting one or two things that are changeable in your life like I was that was the thing I was worried I was worried that people were gonna hate me if I wanted to divorce like it's their life (laughs) like they have any idea how unhappy I feel and if that's any of their business anyway Mm -mm. and so when it comes to relationships, you know, in general, not just if you're talking about an intimate relationship, but if you're talking about friendships too, I think a lot of people carry a lot of guilt about cutting off people from their life that kind of, I call them, they suck the life out of you. They do not deserve time and energy in your life. I'll tell you that straight up right now. Doesn't matter. They may find a place in your life eventually later on when they deserve it. But if there's someone in your life, I don't care if it's your mom, if she sucks the life out of you, she's taking away the joy from your life and she's taking away the opportunity for you to grow and become the person that you want to be. Your husband, your, you know, mom, your best friend, your coworker, your boss, whoever it is. Um, I'm a, you know, big proponent of doing it not so crass, but telling them to fuck off because if they're taking the soul right out of you, what do you have left to live for? Like, why are you living for somebody else? So there was a big turning point where I was sitting on my kitchen floor, just sobbing. And I was like, fuck this. I don't deserve this. This is not for me. I'm entirely unhappy in every single aspect of my life. And I'm the kind of person that I always make the decisions based on what I want. Um, and I had gotten to a point where I was people pleasing everybody else. And I'm not a people pleaser. I know some people struggle with that. So it's a lot harder for them to be like cutting you off, cutting this out, changing this, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I had become someone at that point where I was like, everything I did was to make my boss happy or make my husband happy or make my friends happy. And nobody was pouring back into me and making me happy. And I was like, something has to give. Um, yeah. So it was just one of those things where it was really, really hard. And I was like, dude, we're done. Like, I mean, we can talk about it. We can try. And we had tried everything at this point too. So, you know, it was like, we did counseling. I had been having thoughts about, you know, you know, do we need to do a separation things like that? We had done relationship check-ins, goal setting together, and it just wasn't working. We realized that we were the reason that we were unhappy. We were making each other unhappy. And so it became, it was fine. I got lucky that it was, you know, not a huge fight. It was kind of a mutual agreement on that. And I know that's not always the way it goes through the relationship. So that can be a sensitive subject that, you know, each person individually needs to do some soul searching on that or have someone in their corner that's going to back them up. Because I, I think that I'm, I'm thankful in that aspect where my ex was like, yeah, I'm with you. Like, we're not happy. So this isn't working. Um, but yeah, it was relaying into other aspects of my life too, where I was just miserable all the time. And I was like, what is this? Li-? Like, why am I living this life? What, this is a lie. Um, so 
And I think that the big, the big key there is when you have thoughts, like, I think a lot of people feel shameful or guilty about them, you know, like, even if it's something that you feel like, you know, let's say it's like a, a business that you own and it's profitable and it's doing well and it's making you money, but it's literally draining the life out of you. It's time to cut it. It's time to sell it. It's time to let someone else take it over. It's time to delegate or the, you know, whatever it is that you are passionate about or you're inspired about, it's been then sucked out of you. So knowing, I think when it's time to cut off things, even if they still seem good is super important too, because if they're not good for you in all aspects of your life, then like, you know, I probably would have stayed at my other job for as long as it took me to make good money being a, a financial services professional. Um, but it just happened to be a really good thing that I got fired from it because then I got the opportunity to invest in more time into making it go faster. I probably would have always been like, okay, I'll do this like one hour a night, you know, working a full-time job, working out, trying to go through a divorce, trying to sell my house. I would have never invested the time into my business the way that I did because of that. And so sometimes when things are taken from you without your consent, <laughs> it's a good thing for you. It's not always a bad thing. So I think recognizing when loss is not always negative is very important. It's always a learning experience. If you lose something, an opportunity, a relationship, a friend, whatever it is, um, a, a lot of things, a lot of times things are, branches are being trimmed back from your life so that new growth can happen because the dead shit will hold back the new stuff. So, um, you know, a lot of times you need to be, your life needs to be trimmed back a little bit so you can grow more. So I think that that having that realization was a big thing. I'm lucky that I'm innately wired like that, which is why I love talking to people about it. Um, because that's why I say I'm like everyone's hype woman. Cause I'm like, I don't give a shit who it is. Give me their number. I'll call them right now. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's really important, um, you know, to know and to realize when you feel like it's not serving you, don't feel guilty about that. You should, you're feeling some type of way about it. That's a sign for you to do something about it. Maybe it's not get rid of it. Maybe it's not end a relationship. For me, it was. Sometimes it's just a, you need to have an honest conversation about something you've been lying to yourself and your partner about that you need to figure out or your boss or, you know, whatever it is. But I think the big thing is knowing that if you have the courage to take the step forward, it's going to play out the way it's supposed to, as long as you stay true to whatever it is that you think you should be doing, whatever it is that inspires you or makes you feel passionate. You know, it was like, I'm still, we've, we've been separated we're divorced, but we've been apart for a year now. And like, I literally, I go on, um, like I have a Bumble account. And I'm like, Ugh, I hate this so much. Like, I'm not saying that <laughs> you end a marriage and then your Prince Charming waltzes yeah, in the next yeah. day because that shit does not happen. And I'm not saying you get fired from a job and you start a new business and you make $10,000 the next month. It doesn't work that way. Every new phase of your life requires a new level of you and it's painful and it sucks. But the, the, the payback from that, the painful and the sucks is what, is what you deserve every time. Oh, 
absolutely lazy thank you so you're so welcome this was really fun all of that like yeah there were so many like beautiful nuggets in that and I Uh, know people are going to take away so much from hearing that and of course the financial stuff as well and I wish we could do all night and like I know I know I would talk to you guys for hours that's why I told you I was like I'm glad you had the notes we needed them no but I we we could touch on a million more things. I'm sure we had the yeah. time. Um, and yes. it's been absolutely incredible. But before we let you go, you've already given us so much. But if you could tell 20-year-old Lacey one mm. thing, this what would good. you tell her? Yeah. So um the big thing I think for you is to realize that for me, that I'm responsible for myself. I think I was holding the expectation that other people, because, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so young. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like my mom is supposed to tell me what to do. And my dad's supposed to tell me what to do. And my, my professors are supposed to tell me what to do. And my boss is supposed to tell me what to do. And so I guess I kind of always assumed that everybody would tell me what to do and that I would turn into this person that I was supposed to be right. Based on the, the circumstances that I was in. And I wish that I knew that I was responsible for myself, um, that every decision that I made and every conversation that I had was me developing into the person that I was supposed to be. So instead of saying or doing what I thought people wanted me to do, doing what actually felt true to myself would have helped me figure out a lot sooner. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it would have changed the course of my life, but you know, there were times where I said yes to other people instead of yes to myself. And I lost a lot of opportunities that I wish I hadn't, or a lot of, um, I was put in a lot of circumstances or situations that I wish I wasn't, um, because I was trying to be, you know, whoever it was that everybody else was telling me to be. So knowing that you're responsible for yourself, even if it pisses people off, people call you crazy. Um, you know, people call you what it, whatever it is when I was in my twenties, you know, I was worried about people calling me a slut or people calling me, um, stupid or people telling me I wasn't worth the things that I was earning or deserving because I wasn't working hard enough and they deserved it or whatever it was. Um, if you're working your ass off and you're doing what makes you feel like your authentic self, it's worth it every time, every single time it may turn out negatively but you learned something from it, right? Every time you, every time something bad happens to you, it's not that bad things are happening to you. It's that you're being stretched and you're growing, your capacity is getting larger for the pain that you can handle or the shit that you can handle, right? I love that. Yeah. I love that. And then, yeah, yeah go ahead. No, deserve it all. whatever it is that you want, you deserve it every time. Like a lot of people are talking about imposter syndrome and I'm like, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. You deserve it every single time. I don't care. I mean, unless, you know, I mean, even if you walk up on a hundred bucks on the street, like whoever it was lost it out of their pocket, it's yours now. You deserve it. You found it. So every single time, if you're working hard for something and you're doing your due diligence to be the best version of yourself, you deserve it. 100%. Oh my gosh. I can hear so many people that (laughs) have been just like doubting themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Everyone's guilty of it. I know I'm still guilty of it sometimes too, but it's like, that's one of those things that you write on your bathroom mirror. You know what I mean? You deserve it. Like that's one of those things. That's a, that's a daily mantra for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I love the idea of like everything building you and oh my gosh, it's just, I really think that you, you touched on so many different facets of life in general that I think can apply really to any age group, but specifically in your twenties, I think it's just something that like 
makes all the difference in the world for yeah. people to see someone like you and where you are today and all the work that you've done and all the places that you've been, um, you know, whether mentally, emotionally, physically, um, mm-hmm. and, and where you are today and speaking in so much like certainty and confidence and yeah. really, really pouring yourself out into others. I think it's just something that we're so, you know, the world is, is lucky to have someone like you. Oh, you're so, <laughs> I mean it. I love that. That's so awesome. For- that's and- like the best compliment I can get every time someone's like, you know, thank you for just being you. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> Seriously, because Thanks I think that, that's, that's what we, that's what we see time and time again. And I think that's what I loved about what you said uh, for your advice to yourself in your twenties is like the more that we connect with people, the more we recognize that stepping into true authenticity and taking care of you and speaking yeah. your voice, using your voice, owning your power, owning your truth. It makes all the difference in the trajectory of your life because you get closer yes. to the version of you that you want to be by 100%. So every time for yeah. anyone that wants to work with you, Lacey, or maybe just wants to follow you on Instagram, literally any way that they want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Lacey Stace on Instagram, L-A-C-Y-S-T-A-C-E. I'm in my DMs all day, every day. I literally will delete every other app from my phone except Instagram because I talk to people in so many different facets and so many different avenues of life um, all day long about random stuff. So like, doesn't matter what it is. If you slide into the DMs, the first thing you'll get is my phone number <laughs> because I, I literally have so many text messages going all day long. I love it. Um, I'm always open to talking to anybody about anything, you know, no matter what it is, um, especially if it's, we're talking finances. I love that stuff. Um, but I'm all about the empowerment kind of thing. You know, if you just need advice or whatever, I'm here for it. I love that stuff. My friends are always the ones that are like, I know your ass isn't going to lie to me. So help. <laughs> yeah. So if you need it, Hit me up on Instagram. Yes, 100%. I'm here for it all day. Amazing. Lacey, this has been incredible. Thank you so, so much for your time, your wisdom, your heart. We really loved getting to chat with you. Um, So thank you so much for being here. No problem. Thanks for asking me. It was super fun. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring 20s Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring 20s Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With With love, love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.